Armstrong and Getty. The birthplace of talk radio. I hear all these idiots and fools and jackasses on radio. What an introduction that was. Holy God. My gosh. Nobody does it better. Kids, we don't want another incident here, okay? Yeah. It's such a bizarre world. I apologize for that. All right, go, go. Pay attention! This is Ed McMahon. And now, he is Armstrong and Getty. Getty. Back up. Okay. Live from Studio C. C, senor. A dimly lit room. We're on a Zoom call, so I usually... Uh, deeper than the bowels of the Armstrong and Getty Communications compound, today we're under the tutelage of our general manager. The inventor of a brand new euphemism for self-pleasurement, Jeffrey Tubin. <laughs> oh, jeez. That's our general manager. That's tawdry. <laughs> That is lowbrow. Trying to, the guy who just had to put his pants on. Trying to lighten everybody's load. <laughs> you know the funny thing about Jeff Tubin, legal commentator for who's he with CNN? Chief legal analyst for CNN. Yes. Caught on the Zoom meeting, pleasuring himself. Yes. Uh, that bothers me a great deal less than his constant biased reporting through the years. Go ahead on your Zoom call. I don't care. Start telling the truth. You would think as a chief legal analyst, you would know that that's not a good idea. Hard to imagine (laughs) the reasoning that went into going ahead. (laughs) As opposed to waiting 5 to 45 minutes or whatever. Now, he obviously thought the, 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 the Zoom meeting was over, the camera was off or whatever, as he said, but... That's a weird excuse. Okay, even if the camera was off, that's what you do when you're like at your computer moments after a meeting it's just weird dude well yeah we're we're still talking about our coverage of the uh, post election controversies that's not sexy it's not even a little sexy no you're in your work chair and your work clothes come on it's well he was weird man he's out of them so the election's 2 weeks from today right that's what they say I was thinking, for some reason, this got on my mind today. Whoever's president, and we, you know, ah, we get so obsessed, or we're more obsessed than ever with all this sort of stuff as a nation. Nobody's watching sports. Lowest ratings ever for all the finals. Cable news channels get in the highest ratings they've ever had. Partisanship you know? is our sport. Partisanship is our sport. Yes. And uh, and, and not enough about just, you know, I hope we get back to particular issues after the election briefly. I don't know. But whoever's in charge of unwinding this whole thing, how is that going to work? Has enough time been spent on that? All the people out of work who are making more money than they made before, or what are you, uh, you are, know, what are you bringing up? Policy or policy? Um, all the all the all the landlords, whether businesses or uh, you know people living there paying rent, who haven't paid rent, um, but you can't evict them, and you're not making your payment. How does all this stuff get unwound? Number one, landlords are evil. Anybody who makes money is evil. Secondly, nobody has time for policy. It's all about personality. Or if it's policy, it's lying about policy. But how do you serious b- discussions grow up? How do you bring all this back into equilibrium with the free market? How long is that going to take? What's the pain going to be like? Well, the idea among the activist class is that it never goes back. It's never unwound. That's the point of, uh, as we were talking about yesterday, the climate activists, the Black Lives Matter activists, they're trying to install a socialist 
uh, economic system. This is a great opportunity for them to push it a little further down the road. Absolutely true. Look it up. (laughs) It's on the Internet. I saw it on the Internet. Exactly. I also saw Jeffrey Tubin's wang on the Internet. So the Internet's full of all kinds of things. Are there screen captures? Put down ca- your gavel, sir. I haven't, actually. Are there screen captures of that? I have no idea. Not that I've seen word of. I, I, that, just, that was nice The headline of his, is enough. It was nice of his co-workers to not screen capture it. Thank you for uh, sparing America the oh, pain. Thank you for the tip of the cap for years of service for the company we all work for, for not screen capturing me doing that. Yes. And sending it to your friends. I appreciate that act of mercy and justice. <laughs> Signed, Jeffrey Tubin. Now, if you'll excuse me... <laughs> New um, slate of polls out. Anybody got any interest in that? No? Okay. Meh. I'll put those back in the trash can then. It'll be a big poll two weeks from today. Which polls? All of them. Okay. 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 Thank you. Um, There is our board operator, Michelangelo, to kick off the show. He's going to say hello. How are you this morning, Michael? Uh, Pretty good. Still trying to get rid of... uh, Now I'm done. I'm just so glad the wedding's over with. It, it was a wonderful experience, a wonderful uh, life change, but I got leftover, you know, cake and mm. champagne and rose petals and flowers throughout the house, and it's just, uh, I'm just sick of it, so now I'm just trying to give away this stuff, you know. How did, want- you, how did you find the tuxedo experience, since you'd never worn a tuxedo before? Oh, it was fine. You looked fantastic. Oh, thank you. Were but- they rental shoes, or did you wear your own shoes? They were rental shoes. Uh-huh. Um, I thought about wearing my own shoes, yeah. but um, I thought, hey, they wash them, so it Very, should be okay. Exactly, yeah. So, you can't the get the vid, in, the vid through your shoes. I'm telling you, I don't know why all pants aren't like tuxedo pants with the little oh. adjusting thing on the side and then oh, a yeah. cummerbund to hide the, sure. you know, the part of our body we don't need other people to see. Keep, it keeps the fella reined in. The, the, the tubin, in. Keep the tubin area kind of behind oh. a piece of cloth. So exactly. Just no another layer that. of protection. <laughs> <laughs> Big fan of the cummerbund. Oh, yeah. There is Positive Sean, whose smile lights up the room. How are you, Sean? Doing very well. One of my uh, my last sacred spaces where I can go to get away from politics is uh, is video games. But that is becoming uh, less and less a, a, a sanctuary as Joe Biden has a, an island on Animal Crossing. Animal Crossing is a mm-hmm. quite popular Nintendo game where that's kind of how you play with other players is I can go to your island and you have your place set up and maybe I can grab a, oh, you have a peach tree on your island. I don't have that on mine, so I can grab a peach and I can go plant a peach tree on my island or whatever. And also the second one is AOC has created a Twitch channel, which is the YouTube for video games kind of is a is a bad description of it, um, where people stream themselves playing video games live, and she is going to be streaming uh, Among Us with some of the top Among Us streamers. This is the space sabotage game where uh, your crewmates and murderers. I told I, I spoke about this a couple weeks ago on the show, uh, but now she's getting into that too, and I'm I'm worried that uh, that my my sanctuary is being yeah. infiltrated. Well, you should be worried. A B uh, Joe Biden's uh, what's the game again? Animal Crossing. Is Animal Crossing I? Island, very reminiscent of Jeffrey Epstein's perv island. <laughs> oh, wow. According to a number of commentators, where children are supposed to go there, but you have to fall asleep there to get the uh, something or other, the dream something. What? Yes. <laughs> really reminiscent. I'm sure Bill Clinton will be visiting that island any day oh, now. Wow. Joe Biden's perv island on Animal Crossing. Disgusting. <laughs> Jelaine Maxwell is tuning in from her prison cell. Wow. You know, my kids, I was just thinking, my kids have spent more time watching other people play video games in the last week on TV than they have any Major League Baseball. 
I'm talking about that the other day, how I, I watched the World Series as a kid. I could name every member of uh, the Cincinnati Reds, for instance, in the mid-70s. Sure. And I wasn't from that area. Um, my kids have not seen a second of it, but they've watched a lot of uh, your top gamers play video games. Them and their friends have watched it. Uh, I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. It is Tuesday, October 20th, year 2020. We're Armstrong and Getty, and we approve of this program. To wax philosophical on that point, just for a couple more seconds, it is both a, a blessing and a sad thing that nothing is permanent. Right. I mean, sometimes things go away that are wonderful, and it's it's kind of it's bittersweet. It's 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 sad. You wish it didn't happen. On the other hand, there's a lot of crappy stuff going on that can be changed if you have the will to change it. Right. Most people want to change it for the worse these days, or at least a lot do. But uh, yeah, don't don't just because something is doesn't mean it has to be. Don't be a sheep. Get out of line. Let's begin the show now officially according to FCC rules and regulations. Here we go at Mark. Damn, Jeffrey Tubin. At least Pee Wee Herman was in an X-rated movie theater. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. That's a great O.J. Simpson. Oh, no. Weighing in on legal analyst Jeffrey oh. Tubin being caught on CNN. Oh. Juice. Oh, with his no. pants down. Oh, no. No. Pledging himself. That is not what America needed. O.J. Simpson felt like he needed to... Past judgment. Apparently, Jeffrey Tubin wrote a scathing book about OJ's. Oh, okay. Oh, the OJ's, OJ trial. Right. OJ's right, guilt. Right. I see the connection now. Right. And OJ's apparently been angry about that, which, which I kind of Come find on, interesting. Geez. What's interesting about that, OJ, is every person in America thinks you killed those people, not just Jeffrey Tubin. <laughs> Noted running back and, and spree killer OJ Simpson. If, if Jeffrey Tubin had not written the book on why you were guilty we still thought you were guilty every man woman and child in america so uh, it's not jeffrey tubin's fault that you've got this rep the jurors thought you were guilty they just wanted to take a shot at the lapd that's a very good point yes um it's like he's not really the juice anymore no it's like he's exactly the juice i'm just saying (laughs) i'm just saying oh boy Oh, boy. You want good. You go through, when O.J. Simpson tweets something, go through the comments. Oh, my God, does he get it hard. <laughs> it's really the one That's place good. where I break my don't read yep. the comments rule. Yep. Yeah. 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 Including, yeah, a a lot of, including blue check. I saw Jake Tapper weigh in with a, <laughs> you murdered two people. How about you shut up? You know, that sort of thing. <laughs> wow. <laughs> a <Attaboy>, boy, Jake. <laughs> That's crazy. Oh, well, you know, a person could wax philosophical on why O.J. lives and good people die young. Yeah. I think perhaps it's an example. I'm just saying. I think, I think O.J. <laughs> remains among us to remind us that evil exists. He's sure having a good time. I'm on. just saying. Yeah. I'm just saying. Yeah, man. yeah. Come on, Jeffrey yeah. Tubin. Put down that knife. <laughs> oh, jeez. How's the mailbag look? Oh, it's fine. And we'll get into the news of the day. Our text line is 415-295-KFTC. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. So there's the last presidential debate night after tomorrow and uh, Thursday night, and they've added a new rule to the debate we'll have to tell you about. Also, rules for voting continue to change on a daily basis, or in some cases stay the same because they were challenged. In the, but high courts are making rulings almost every day. 
in some of your key states on when we count votes, how we count votes, what we'll oh, count votes. that dude's guilty. <laughs> um, almost every day, new rulings are, I mean, this late in the game, we're still deciding how we're going to do that. Mm. Mm. Not good. No, probably not. Mailbag. Freedom-loving quote of the day. This one goes out. It's a loving dedication to James Lindsay. Fighting. Fighting! Against the insidious critical race theory world. Theory, in short, they call it. And just their effort to take over the world. One of the main battlefronts is the whole 2 plus 2 equals 4. It doesn't matter where you're from, who you are. And interestingly enough, as we continue with our series from George Orwell, he said in 1984, For after all, how do we know that two and two makes four? Or that the force of gravity works? Or that the past is unchangeable? If both the past and the external world exist only in the mind, and if the mind itself is controllable, what then? It is so disturbing that the woke crowd is absolutely using Orwell as a how-to guide. Trying to erase the past and convince you that even objective scientific reality only exists in your mind because you're white or because something or other where you're from and the rest of it. And that uh, nothing really exists except the present and the will of the party. Well, the two plus two equals five fits in with what we're going to talk about later, too, about eliminating grading in uh, schools as an anti-racist movement, because that's part of the knock on uh, the way schools are unfair or racist is that white people came up with all this stuff <clears throat> and it's still being used in schools no matter your your color. Which is on the one hand not true and on the other irrelevant even if it were. Right. Two plus two is five no matter, wouldn't matter if Hitler came up with it or Jesus or nobody. Well, nobody came up with it. Nobody really came up with it. It just is a thing. <laughs> you keep saying two plus two is five. Do I mean, you mean two four? plus two is four. Yeah. yeah okay. So just you're woke. Thing. Then you're part of the woke. You tried to slip it by on us. That's the. It's James Lindsay's argument all the time. Two plus two is four, no matter what. I mean, just no matter what you do. Right. No, that's because he's white. Always has been before the universe existed. After it's all been sucked into a black hole, it will still be true. Mofa, mofa, make Orwell fiction again. Uh, Garrick from Sack writes, uh, guys, uh, from the Halloween discussion to Rat City to feeding people to bears and would you go to the zoo more? The first two hours of the show were gold. Reminded me of the old days, circa 1990s. You know, uh, yeah, yeah. That's a good point, Garrick. This job used to be more fun. This is a fun fact, fun baseball fact from Drew the Millennial. Uh, regarding the Doyers payroll, the Los Angeles Doyers. Uh, um, this also happened to be the fact uh, when they played the Royals in the World Series in 2015. The Dodgers are spending more money on players who are no longer on their roster than the bottom eight teams in Major League Baseball spent on their entire payroll. So Boy, guys sh- who've aged out, gotten injured, they just decided to toss. They're spending all that money on people that no longer play. It's a it's such a perfect California metaphor with an, a California baseball team. It's the it's the fire departments and police departments of major cities in California. Yeah, spending yeah. more on your retired and no longer their players. At least the Dodgers have the money, unlike the government that has an unfunded pension uh, bomb coming down the pike. Everybody knows it. Nobody does anything about it. What are you going to do? Uh, the bottom eight teams in the league uh, also include the Tampa Bay Rays, as uh, you probably know. Mm-hmm. 
Um, KCK, keep choking, Kershaw. Oh. What? Happy Oct Choker. Choketober. There's something there. <laughs> Choketober. <laughs> right through the millennials. Go, go raise. Uh, why are you hating boy. on the Doyers? Yeah, why? Uh, oh, what they ever do to you? Funny. Mary enjoyed the discussion of uh, candy and full-size candy uh, for Halloween, that sort of thing. And she said, I decided this this month I'm going to hand out the full-size candy to these kids who didn't get to go on Easter egg hunts, have fireworks on the 4th of July, or play with their friends at recess. Mm-hmm. Do something nice for the kids. That, and I'm blessed my husband and I haven't lost our employment. So I ordered up some full-size candy bars from Instacart, but my shopper replaced my six-pack of Hershey bars with one giant surfboard-sized bar. One, little, one lucky little Captain America. America or Wonder Woman is going to have the trick-or-treat story of their lifetime. Can't wait. Uh, KGKFCOH, keep giving kids full-size candy on Halloween. 20-year listener in March. Thanks, Mary. Awesome. Great to hear from you. That's really nice. 20-year listener. That's painful. You know, Thank I, you, but it's painful. Yeah, I know. Uh, I love this one. Oh, we don't really have time for this. Uh, Tim. With a great observation about the critical race theory adherence, how they're trying to institute exactly what they claim to hate. Mm. I mean, and exactly how they're doing this great explanation. We'll hit on that in a, in a moment or two. You might want to throw it around yourself. Yeah, what were we talking about? Eliminating grades from schools? Why would you do that? Is anybody doing that? No, can't be. Oh, yeah. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. I'm terrified. Listen to me, Republicans. Listen. You are the people in history they warned us about. <laughs> they warned us about people like you. Yes. Pay attention. Okay. We're losing our democracy. Wake up! Wake up! I really need to put that as my alarm on my phone. Wake up. <laughs> so I am trying Typical to... Typical progressive young lady there. I'm trying to figure out if these people are... Uh, they're not all jerking us around. They're not all trolls. Some of no. them have to be No, uh, at this point, but sure, they're certainly yeah. not all trolls. I mean, I've seen enough of them on the streets dedicating enough time of their lives screaming like that yeah. at cops and whoever. Absolutely. Um, it's weird, though. Yeah, emotionalism. It's, uh, it's, it's, it is weird. It's disturbing, too. The uh, the gang of angry militants confronting you as you eat is spreading across America now. Every local chapter of social major 22-year-old women thinks we're letting down the cause if we don't harass and, and bully people in our town. So that crap is uh, is spreading. I retweeted a video yesterday and warned you, listen, you got to figure out in your head how you're going to deal with these ignorant militant bullies because they're coming to your town. If you're as angry as that woman is... um. Hurting somebody or seeing somebody be hurt is certainly on the agenda when you're that upset. Oh, yes, absolutely. You're no longer in control of your rational mind. So as uh, by way of uh, transition to our main topic of the segment, Jack, I thought I'd offer this tweet from Brent. How do we feel about the various euphemisms for self-pleasurement? How about the, the J.O.? 
actually enunciating those words. Is that too much? We have a lot of new stations online. I don't want to, you know, shock and horrify people. No, but it is a story that the chief legal analyst from CNN during a Zoom call with coworkers. Yes. At the end of the call, he thought it was over. He went ahead and undid his pants and started doing that. Well, yeah, he he pleasured himself. Um, His coworkers were watching? I could easily say on the air, my boss was jerking me around and I turned the light off. So either no, one of those much. words. That's too much, you too, say? Absolutely too eh, much. You're a bit of a, <clears throat> a, a hot house flower there. Over, I don't know. Wax um, the dolphin. Punch the clown. <laughs> oh, easy. What? Punch? What? <laughs> Brent tweeted, a CNN commentator pleasuring himself to an election simulation is basically regular programming. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Look how far Biden is ahead here in Philadelphia. Oh, Biden's up oh. 10 points. Biden's up 10 points. <laughs> Disgusting. San Diego Unified School District has announced it's changing its grading system to combat racism. This is a little confusing because it's intentionally vague and confusing, if you in hear, my opinion. If you hear the term anti-racist, hold on to your wallet, hold on to your uh, Bill of Rights, right. something bad's about to happen. And suspend your logic because somebody is twisting something in a way that they cannot justify any other way than by mouthing the magical incantation of this is anti-racist. So, San Diego Unified School District Veep, Richard Barrera, told the local NBC affiliate, if we're actually going to be an anti-racist school district, we have to confront practices like grading that have gone on for years and years. I need to stop you already, you see. Feel free. Don't want you to become an anti-racist school district. That's a load of crap. And you can ask all kinds of people on the left also who recognize it as a load of crap. Long-time listeners know this. Perhaps new ones don't. Anti-racist doesn't mean what it's meant for the last 75 years or 300 years. It now means subscribing to a specific, way out there, militant leftist philosophy. Anti-racist is now a code word. It doesn't mean you're against racism. It means you've signed on to the whole militant Marxist thing. And the idea that there's no such thing as you're not a racist. You're either a racist or you're working actively to be anti-racist. Right. They get to determine what anti-racist is and there's no goal line. Right. And it basically means tearing down the free market, tearing down the United States. Um, and and we'll we'll get into that more, but I want to stick with the specifics I, for now. You, uh, just uh, well, just ahead. in case Go people ahead. don't understand it, I'll give you an example from the book, from the author of the book, the Ibram X book, whatever that called. Uh, uh, How to be an anti-racist. How to be an anti-racist. Very yeah. handy title. It's, it's, it tells you right there. It's right there. Yeah. For instance, Moby Dick. In his it's about a whale. In he his, had no, I have no idea. In his opinion, statistically, this is true. Our current health care system gets worse outcomes for people of color. So if you're against Overhauling the healthcare system the way, you know, uh, Bernie or Elizabeth wants government takeover, then you are a racist. Wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm just afraid that a giant government bureaucracy will be much worse than our current. will be worse for everybody. Racist! Racist! That's, racist! That's They'll his, scream as you're trying to enjoy your lunch. That's his actual argument. Yes, exactly. It's a uh, Mott and Bailey stuff that we've yeah, talked yeah, about before, yeah, right? Sure. So Good they, point. They, hey, we're all against racism. Correct. Therefore, this thing we deemed as racist, so we're going to go after this thing. And you say, wait, wait, what about that thing? Oh, so you're a racist. And then so, they go back to their Or defense. so you're saying there's no racism. Right. Uh, no. 
So anyway, uh, there are a handful of things the San Diego uh, school district is talking about doing. Some of them, I think, are, are at least somewhat reasonable, but most of it's crap. The one thing that I don't hate is that they're not going to, they're talking about not grading on your average score across, say, a semester. So that if it takes you a while to catch on, but then you get it and you end the semester getting it completely, your grade will be fine because some kids catch on to certain topics more quickly than others. I get that. I think that's I think. What do you think of that? I don't know. I mean, I don't think, for instance, if there are three tests, well, it depends on what material they're covering and in what way. But anyway, it seems like where you end up is uh, is the goal. Yeah, I'm willing to have that discussion, but that's where the sanity ends, my friends. Uh, buckle your uh, buckle your seatbelt, uh, strap on your helmet. Uh, an active effort to dismantle racism necessitates a learning environment free of the pressure to turn in assignments on time. The district released data showing that minority students received more D's and F's than white students. And that proves that school needs to be completely restructured because that's by definition racist. It used to be called disparate impact. It was a a, a legal philosophy, which was intellectually vacant at the time. But now they've decided to use words that everybody thinks they know what they mean, like racist, anti-racist. But under the new system, students will not be penalized for failing to complete assignments. Teachers will give them extra opportunities to demonstrate mastery of subjects. If you turn in the paper late, it doesn't matter. Turn it in whenever you want. Because everybody knows in uh, adult life, which school is freaking training you for, deadlines have no meaning. We'll get you that bit on Friday or next week or next year. I keep keep hearing in my head the phrase, the soft bigotry of low expectations. Perfect. That's where we're going with this. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, the grades they receive upon completion of the course will no longer reflect their average test and assignment scores. Here's where it gets extra worky, uh, extra uh, murky, rather. The new approach, which is rather confusingly written, I'm quoting Rabe Suave now in reason, still includes letter grades, but these will reflect the student's mastery of the subject rather than completion of homeworks, quizzes, and tests. What constitutes mastery is left unexplained. Grades, I'm surprised they use the term mastery because that evokes masters and slaves. Anyway, grades shall not be influenced by behavior. Oh, so I can punch the teacher in the face and still get the same grade as if I didn't. That's good. That'll lead to good behavior. Or factors that directly measure students' knowledge and skills in the content area, um, which sounds like a recipe for highly subjective grading. You said grades won't? Shall not be influenced by behavior or factors that directly measure students' knowledge or skills in that content area. What does that <laughs> sentence even mean? I don't know. I read it to you twice, and I assure you I read it correctly. <laughs> and a great deal of leniency will now be given to students who don't do the work for a course, including those who don't show up at all. Attendance can no longer be a factor in grading. I wonder what pressure the teachers will be under. I wonder which kids will be utterly... I mean, to say they're they're misserved is is a is a terrible euphemism. Well, it's it's the uh, the bigotry of low expectations. Um, 
In any case, writes Robbie, because I think he worded it really well, ending these kinds of grades don't actually eliminate the underlying inequities that produce the disparate Fs. It may actually cover those inequities up. Given that grades are a tool for evaluating students' progress, the district is essentially announcing that it will no longer gather as much evidence about the negative social phenomenon it would probably like to address. Better grades do not mean students will suddenly have a better grasp of the material. They certainly won't be better prepared for college. That has been something that has blown my mind for years, living in the state I live in, as they've made it easier to graduate high school and all these different things. The idea that if I give somebody an A, they now have that an A's worth of knowledge in their head right. is weird. The grade is important, not the knowledge. And this is where Robbie ought to drop the mic, and this is what Jack was, was saying, essentially. This comes perilously close to addressing poverty by no longer tallying the number of poor people. Or no longer testing people for COVID and announcing there is no COVID. It is insane. It is what Orwell was talking about in 1984. I want to explain that soft bigotry thing in case you don't know what that means. Please do. It's a great one, but uh, right after this... um Car shield's the way to go in uh, protecting your car. So when the check engine light comes on, you don't go, oh, God, not now. Now's not the time. I don't have the money. Um, car shield will protect you. So your warranties run out on your car. You sign up with car shield. You, like a million other drivers, are now protected. They're America's number one auto protection company. It's really easy to sign up. And if you decide it's not for you, it's really easy to get out of. Yeah, no long-term contracts or commitments. And when that repair does come up and it's covered and everything... It's covered at your favorite mechanic or dealership. You choose where the work gets done. Yeah, so this is what you do. You call 800-CAR-6000. Mention the code Armstrong. Call 800-CAR-6000. Mention Armstrong, or you can visit carshield.com and use the code Armstrong. You'll save 10% by using Armstrong. So hey, hey, Deductible may apply. Oh, okay. they also have a variety of plans, too. Custom fit it to you. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's super easy to sign up and get out, as Jack said. Carshield.com. Use the code Armstrong. I don't remember who I heard say this the first time, the soft bigotry of low expectations, but the idea there is that it's really kind of a, not kind of, it's quite a racist thing to make a decision that, you know, there are certain kinds of people they can't do as well as, for instance, white and Asian kids. Right. So we need to lower the standards so that it's easier for them. Rather than saying, well, of course, and this is true, the skin color doesn't make any difference. Um... You can do just as well in school no matter what your skin color is. We have to figure out a way to make sure you have the same learning opportunity. Right. But the idea that you can't learn the same way as any white kid, Asian kid, whoever, is ridiculous. Well, I have one thing to add to that, and it will probably end our careers. Oh, great. But that's fine because I'm tired. I'm a man who craves leisure. I've tried to make that clear. You're spent. Exactly. I, I will. I will reveal that truth. In what will probably be our final segment next. (laughs) Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. CVS Pharmacy announced today that it plans to hire 15,000 additional pharmacy technicians to help dispense medication and coronavirus tests. And this is nice, a second cashier. (laughs) I heard that. 
Um, I would love it if uh, Donald Trump could proper, properly explain what critical race theory is and uh, and what's going to happen in schools and uh, government agencies. That would be so important if the and Dems take so over. good. I'll admit it's not easy. It's not uh, it's not like you can do it in a soundbite and and make it make sense to people, especially if, if people are coming in completely unaware, which I think most of the population is. Right. They are being fooled thinking racism means racism. and Sure, which yeah. you can't blame people for thinking that. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Why I, wouldn't I want my school to be anti-racist? Why wouldn't I want my government to be anti-racist? Yeah. Yep. Anyway. So you're going to end our careers? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I absolutely am. So uh, we've all seen, we're talking about San Diego uh, Unified School District changing grading systems to quote-unquote combat racism. Of course, and this is what we're talking about, they're not combating racism. They're tearing down anything that yields a result that's not quite as good for minority kids. Putting aside Asians. Asians are never part of it. Why? Why is that? Well, that's part of what's going to end our career. We've all seen the inspiring story on uh, 60 Minutes. 60 Minutes is good for running one of these about once every three, four years. Some inner city school in Brooklyn where some tough-talking, almost always black principal takes over a school and often puts the kids in uniforms or whatever and rules with an iron fist. You're right. They have one of these in 60 Minutes every couple of years, and then sometimes they make a movie out of it. Yes. Yeah. Stand and deliver. There have been all sorts of them. But anyway, these stories always have a common thread. Every single one. That bold leader who's being worshipped on 60 Minutes has said to the kids, I know you can achieve and I'm going to watch you achieve. They didn't lower the bar. They raised it. Always. They demanded excellence out of their students, and they looked them in the eye and said, you can do this, and they made those kids believe, and by God, those kids achieved. But this is the opposite. This is the paternalistic, racist, you're too dumb as a minority, or they say, you know, you've been deprived by the legacy of racism or whatever, but there's no chance you can achieve. You can't achieve. Look at the color of your skin. It's so bitterly condescending and paternalistic. And it ignores the fact, and these these dynamic principles we're talking about understand this. In certain subcultures, they value education. We were talking about this yesterday, actually, in terms of certain Asian countries, where it's obsessive valuing of education to the point that the suicide rate for kids is sky high. I mean, it's way over the top from my point of view. But you have cultures that you must be a super achiever. Asians, Indian Americans frequently, uh, the Jewish people, famously, all about learning, all about education. Then you have subcultures that value other things. Uh, and, you know, I'll, I'll let you fill in your own blanks here. Um, and then there are subcultures that don't value education at all. If you can't recognize that, understand it, and deal with it, then you probably ought to be left out of the conversation about how we can lift people up from you know decades or, or generations of underachievement. Do they actually believe that um, more or less eliminating grading, not not punishing anybody for bad behavior or anything like that? Do they actually think that's going to help the kids on the bottom? I mean, are they under I think that? Some belief? ideologues do believe I, that. I think it's the academic equivalent of rent seeking. 
the way to get into the colleges that they want to get into outside of paying somebody to Photoshop your kid's head onto a, a water polo player. Which, to me, remains a strong strategy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> is to have the grades to get you in there. Right. So they are trying to figure out the shortest cut to get the grades to get into the college because there's still this whole college is the key to your the right. rest of your life. Exactly. Nonsense. And ignoring all the statistics that show that kids who are lifted up in that way fail. They fail in college. They they need to be in a setting that meets them where they are, ac- academically speaking. Yeah, and what does it do to the kids? The kids at the, the top that are either self-motivated for whatever reason, family or their own brains. Right. Uh, they'll be fine, I assume. But the, that big chunk in the middle are definitely, that's going to bring yeah. them down. Yeah. And the whole, uh, you know, legacy of racism slash uh, Jim Crow, uh, r- racism in general, it's not that there's nothing to that because there is absolutely something to it. The problem is, in my opinion, and, and I happen to be correct, is that the cure is always worse than the disease. In the condescending paternalistic leftist philosophy, it just it perpetuates it. It makes it worse. I want these little kids of color to achieve. I want them to be successful. I want them to get their part of the American dream. I want them to be my boss. I want them to be my neighbor. It is. It is. You know, it's funny you brought that up. I'd never really thought about that before. But that example that they use on sixty minutes and make movies out of, and everybody hails is is always a guy who makes it harder. Right. He's always a hard ass or woman lifts the bar and everybody admires it. But then when it comes to policy, you go the other direction. Right. Try to make the grades easier. Right. No rules. Armstrong and Getty.